Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is my good friend who uh, keeps pulling hair out uh, every time he takes an injection, Tim. That's, ew, how terrible. That's That has real-world applications, Frank. I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't like the implications that you're making about my personal life. Could have gone with uh, gets hit in the head and gets rebooted or person who throws kryptonite across a room, person who poisons their mother, you know, but not pulling, you know, having hair fall out. And, and you know, that's terrible. Wow. I'm glad I'm actually not Ben Lockwood. How are you today? <laughs> Here's my friend who doesn't like the Wookiee Gambit, Tim. That's great that was way better <laughs> we'll go with that uh I'm, I'm doing great how are you bud oh i'm just fine Good. now that i know that i don't like the wookie gambit yeah apparently. which is you know honestly which is it's a good point frank my friend who's never seen star wars tim um <laughs> we all know that yeah true. No. JK, jk lol was watching it earlier today there you go okay great yeah um it was on in the store it wasn't like i didn't pop it in it was just meant to happen anyway frank do you have some mail for us i sure do i have plenty of mail people have sent us email at mail supergirltvtalk.com we've also gotten feedback from twitter at tv supergirl uh so let's jump into that and see what our listeners have to say first one comes from daniel he points out something that i i noticed as well that in the fight between red daughter and supergirl <laughs> she kind of knocked her into nighttime um that was kind of fun <laughs> Like that just happened. It's nighttime now. It's, it's, it's just fine. suddenly was nighttime. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are no sunsets in National City or Casnia. Uh, nope. It's just like a light switch. It just the the sun's like bye. Yep. Gotta go. Gotta go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So uh, we also have a note here from actually, as I look through our our, our mailbag, I'm reminded that we have new cover art. We yes, have new cover art from friend of the show, Lauren, who just uh, filled in for you last week on the show. She did a great job. Uh, and uh, yeah, you may be noticing our spiffy new cover art that Lauren designed for us. So thank you very much, Lauren, for for that. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes, uh, of course, to where you can find Lauren on the Internet uh, and links to last week's episode in case you missed it. I hope you didn't. But it was a, it was a lot of good fun. Uh, I missed you, but but uh, it was a lot of fun to chat with Lauren about this stuff. I'm I'm always happy to share my podcasting co-host wealth mm, mm. you know anytime anybody wants to take my place give me a week off <laughs> i'm replaceable please come <laughs> i'm so replaceable please come it was so nice not to take notes for a week it was like a mini vacation you are it not replaceable my friend you are you are oh. hard to replace your shoes are very big thank you i'm not replaceable i'm just placeable. you're just Great. placeable <laughs> yes yeah um, we got this tweet from Renee, uh, who asks, do you think that Ben Lockwood will become like Doomsday from the Smallville days? Mm, no, probably not. He's just losing his hair. He's just he's just the same actor. You know why? And James didn't notice because James doesn't have. I thought about that. I thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a but it's a fair. Well, also, we had a different version of the serum and stuff, but 
Maybe, probably not. I want to say probably not. I'm going to say, say he's going to die. No. I'm going to say he's going to die. You think Lockwood's going to die? I think mm-hmm. he's going to die because he's his ideologies have been... He, he has given up everything and lost everything all in the name of Lex Luthor earning some more money. And he is not happy about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he's going to die. Insert- yeah, I think he's going to not become necessarily heroic, but... I think his his uh, personal goal will serve a heroic accidentally serve a heroic accidentally. So you don't think he'll be redeemed before he dies? You don't think he'll be he'll like he'll go down in a blaze of glory, saving saving the world from Lex or I, something? I think he he might, but he might do it by but he might do it for his own selfish reasons sure. and not for the good of alien kind. Or okay, like that. Okay, yeah, I can I can see that. He would still do it for the good of humanity, which is also what Lex is doing. So there would be a nice parallel there between them because they're all quote unquote doing it for the good of people right so um yeah so there would be this you know something there's something there there's something there i agree there's something there that wasn't there before exactly rob tweeted at us he says uh that last week's episode was very reminiscent of smallville anytime clark wanted to tell lex about his secret identity i i agree with that I, you know i, I definitely mm-hmm. see that that moment where where car so is about to tell episode. lena right so mm-hmm. so similar Yep, I would agree with that. And it was that same, except that Clark never really had like glasses to take off and then to put back on or anything like that. Right. You know, just like Lex, uh, I came to tell you about something, but you're drunk again. So I guess I'll come back later. Small. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we, uh, Lauren and I mentioned Superman the movie and Superman 2, um, but there is that moment where, where Clark is like, like he, he literally takes off the glasses, you know, Christopher Reeve takes mm-hmm. off the glasses and he's about to tell. Uh, tell Lois, and then he quickly puts him back on. It was reminiscent of that too. I can't remember if we mentioned that specific moment or not, but I thought that should be mentioned. I'm not sure. I don't know, but it is it. I it that all ties that all goes back to Superman, the first Superman film, because the second one he drops his glasses, yes. right in the fire. So it's, he doesn't even mean to do it. The idiot. Uh, I know. I do. I must admit, I get certain moments like that when I get confused between the Donner and Lester cuts because I've seen them both, and I've seen the Donner cut more recently and and more frequently in in recent years mm. so it i i do get those moments mixed up like wait we're in niagara falls or paris or the lodge or the you know like all those things only lester would say let's have superman trip over a bear rug that's, that's a great way for someone to suffer a secret identity that's true that's true yeah it doesn't seem like a very donner thing Anyhow, uh, thank you everyone who wrote to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com or who tweeted at us at TV Supergirl. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the thoughts and theories. We're heading into the finale here. So now is the time. The The mailbag has been a little lighter than usual lately. Uh, now is the time. If you have anything you've been thinking of sharing and you're like, oh, they wouldn't, they would probably wouldn't read this on the show anyway. Now's your chance. Now is a better, you got a better shot at it now than before. So, uh, please send us any, any thoughts you have about the, the finale, about season five, uh, about, uh, Kelly and Alex, about, uh, uh any of, uh, any things that might, might carry on into, into season five, the possibility of Lex coming back in season five, any of those things, uh, we want to hear from you. So please, uh, mail at supergirltvtalk.com and at TV Supergirl on Twitter are the best ways to be heard on the show. Quick word of thanks before we move on here. And I want to say thank you to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio who make this show possible Uh, for all it takes is a buck a month and you are in the door. You get 
all kinds of exclusives, things that are only for you. Uh, our patrons got early access to our new cover art. Uh, they got they get every week uh, recaps uh, minutes after the show airs. I do a Supergirl TV talk first reactions episode where I recap the episode, talk about my my first thoughts, things that I'm interested in talking about with Tim, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. We got. I've gotten some great feedback on those, uh, so it sounds like people are enjoying them. We do early access to episodes of shows like Beer with Geeks and Academy Rewind and Read Up. Uh, we do all sorts of exclusives and early access and, and special things just for our patrons. Check it out. Uh, it starts at a dollar a month. You get access to everything. Uh, so come on in, be part of the be a part of the club and and uh, help make these shows happen. You you help pay for the expenses that that we incur in doing these shows and you you are funding your own uh, uh independent ent- entertainment. Fun. So, funding your fun. Funding is fundamental or something. Anyway, thank you to everyone who uh supports us over at patreon.com/thoughtbubbleaudio. We appreciate you. Tim, I also appreciate you uh, and all that you do. Things like opening up your little book. Oh, you know, we talked about this last week. Lauren and I, do you still use the little blue book or have we moved on to the digital age? I, I am in the digital age. I find I can, I can, now that I'm not just writing like, oh, this is what's happened. I'm kind of summarizing the plot. It, it was a lot, it's a lot harder to, it's a lot harder to map out themes yeah. in a notebook because I, halfway through an episode i'll be like oh no it's not this it's this and this is actually not a good bit it actually ties to a theme and so i'm constantly moving things around moving uh, moving things around so it's it's too hard to do it's too hard to do things in a notebook now that's what i figured yeah that's what i figured that makes sense uh cool so so it's not the little blue book anymore it's the big space gray ipad space gray ipad (laughs) yeah isn't it nice look at it it's so good It's so nice. You know what? It tells me what's nice is that Supergirl Season 4, Episode 21, entitled Red Dawn, premiering on May 13th, 2019, was directed by Alexis Ostrander. And it was written, well, the story was by Lindsay Sturman, and the teleplay by teleplay was by Gabriel Lanis, and for the last time, executive producer Eric Carrasco. Or one out for Eric Carrasco. Everyone, a moment of silence for... A wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a good silence. <laughs> Moment All of right. silence. So Moment of silence. Now, Frank, there are some lovely, lovely things that we should be talking about here. Would you like to do, that was a good bit, Storytime Village or Professor Comics Corner first? I will let you choose. I have a lot of good bits, so we could go there. Let's go for the good bits. Frank, tell me your first good bit. Being back in Midvale is always a good bit for me. <laughs> With those yeah, two, that was a good. Those bit. two youngins, oh, I love them. They're fantastic. I, I've loved every appearance of theirs, uh, and uh, I, I just it makes me happy. Makes me happy to see them. So, so that was a good bit for me. That was lovely. Using the iPod uh, with the speaker I... and everything. Hmm. Yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah with the speaker yeah, on top. Yeah. At, fir- at first, I was like, oh, what fun scientific device are they using? And I was like, nope, that's an iPod speaker. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, like young Alex already like inventing things or whatever. Like, And then, nope, it's just an iPod speaker. I enjoyed Kara doing her best Black Widow from Avengers at the beginning of the episode in the White House. Yeah. Where she was like, excuse me, no break out of this tuck and roll break the chair well he's very black widow Spider. i enjoyed that very much yeah i enjoyed that so good 
your next one, please. Um, I, I I love that Lillian paid off Lena's middle school boyfriend to break up with her. <laughs> I, fourteen grand. Fourteen grand. Like if I was in middle school and somebody's mom was like, "Hey, stop seeing my daughter. Here's fourteen thousand dollars." I'd probably take it. I don't know. You know, I was kind of I was kind of a hopeless romantic at that age. Maybe not. I. <laughs> What am I ever going to do with fourteen thousand dollars? <laughs> it's already gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that you said in middle school, and you weren't like as an adult. No, if what someone gave no, not as an adult, it needs to be at least sixteen thousand dollars for Frank. Anyway, <laughs> needs to be at um, least three times the size. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that you should have led with that. Like yes crescendo. that was a good and bit yeah that was really good you should have led with that <laughs> that was real fun that was real fun your next one please uh uh couldn't you just waterboard me like a normal person that was a great line <laughs> a truly great line oh it was so good she was on game to this episode. she was like yeah she was she was she was on top form top form um, I like the way that Alex and Lena react to Brainy saying that he's going to tell Dreamer that he loves her. They're like, oh, okay. well, all right, well, good luck with that. Yeah. And they're even all a little right. flustered. Like when they when they move on, Lena's like, uh, so anyway, I'll go talk to Lockwood. Yep. Like I'm, I'm going to get get back to serious flustered things. by this, but okay. Yeah, that yep. was a good I bit. Really, I, that was a good bit. I mean, we talked about the Wookiee Gambit bit already in the whole you haven't seen Star Wars. I thought there was a little bit of a missed opportunity thing there because the very next thing after after uh, Jean shames Brainy for not having seen Star Wars, Dreamer says like, oh, Brainy, what are the odds of our success? And I'm like, there was a really missed opportunity for one of them, you know, probably Jean, not Brainy because he hasn't seen Star Wars, to say never tell me the odds. You know, I thought that because she's a Brainy, what are the odds? And I was like, up, oh, up. Oh. It's like you're so you made it. Maybe there were too many Star Wars jokes, Maybe. and they were like, "All right, yeah. we'll just have to take a step back. Yeah. We'll just we'll just take a step back. It's all good. All right. Um, I, I've been dealing with crypt. I've been dealing with kryptonite for 15 years. Throws kryptonite, jumps out window. Controversial. I kind of liked it. You know, not in the way that like. Like she can't do much with it, but she can certainly like, you know, kind of like th throw it across the room the way that like a ball is thrown at you at gym, and you're like ah, and you kind of hit it, and it like just goes yeah. in a different direction. My, my first, my gut reaction on on first viewing it was not positive. I was like, come on, that's that's. It felt a little contrived. Um, it felt a little bit contrived, and it felt a little bit like, well, when it's convenient, you know, then she can break out of kryptonite. Uh, I was actually talking to Lauren about it. Uh earlier in the week and she reminded me like yeah but the you know comics the shows the movies they're always super inconsistent with kryptonite mm -hmm. when it when it's convenient for them to be so i mean i'll i'll give it a pass but i'm not thrilled about it you know <laughs> like it's sort of like the idea that oh okay so so 15 years and if it's just sitting in your lap you can you can just throw it aside apparently okay mm -hmm. i don't i don't know about that i don't know how i feel about that but I'm it's one of those things that's almost like Batman murdering people on screen where I'm like it's fine yeah oh like, yeah just, it's fine I'm just used to I'm used to it but honestly I I don't need it to be 
totally crippling. Yeah, it depends how much there is. Well, it's just a matter of consistency for me. So, like, you know, earlier in the series, we've seen things where Kryptonite totally had her her laid out, and here it, you know, she's able to, to to cast it aside. So it's it's just a consistency thing for me. It's not a like purity, you know, like let's say pure to the, the source material thing. It's much more of a like let's just be consistent within the show, guys. But mm. but but. As you know, Lauren did remind me that all all of these super family media um, will just pick and choose how and when kryptonite affects the the supers. So that's that's that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll right. see. We'll see. I do, 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 do. you haven't seen Star Wars? We've already said, but I did like his follow. You haven't seen Star Wars? I liked his follow. I believe that I've already been adequately shamed for that. I know, I know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and then, and then on top of that, though, why does everything always? Why does everyone always think that getting captured is the best plan? I, I know that was a really fun little interaction. It actually kind of felt like something more out of like the Flash than Supergirl. Like I, I it was very fun and peppy. Yeah, you know, I feel Supergirl like Supergirl hasn't been this season. It, right, not in a bad way necessarily. Just that's not where we are. It's a little more lighthearted. It's something you might expect uh, more of an interaction you might expect between like Joe and Cisco or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Um, your next one. I please. love when Brainy was rebooting and he goes. Eventually, boxes get opened. There's a story about that, right? Greek. Yeah, that was that's good. Yes, yes, there is clever, uh, clever. clever clever um i loved brainy being ben Lockwood. oh my god yeah whitwer whitwer uh, doing his impersonation of jesse rath as brainy was awesome it was awesome. nefarious was- purposes mm-hmm. yes mm. yes dogs am i right <laughs> yeah right I, I, like they needed to like they needed to scan him for an image inducer to f- figure out it wasn't really him <laughs> <laughs> well this checks out he definitely always talks like this but let's just be safe I mean, maybe it was the first time they were ever meeting the secretary. Sure. Or whatever yeah, right, right. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, he was acting like no normal human ever no, acts. No, so no humans ever acts. It's fine. Way. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that. Um, I also liked when when Lockwood is trying to get the president on the phone before Lena comes over and, and tells him that he's been a pawn in Lex's plan the whole time. And he's like, what do you mean he's busy? Like, yeah, the president's busy. Sorry. Like, yeah. Why are you? What? What do you mean? What do you mean? He's busy. He's the president. Like, of course he's busy. He's always busy. It's his job to be busy. Well, that just shows the state of entitlement that Ben Lockwood mm-hmm. lives in. Mm-hmm. If that tells you anything, truth, truth, yeah. truth, truth. That actually yeah. does it for me. Oh, I guess like Alex and Kelly were kind of on a date. Like they're they're watching they, Humphrey though? Bogart movies and falling asleep on the couch. Like that's a date. Hmm. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of rude of Alex to invite her over to watch a movie and fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. Whatever, Alex. Yeah. But it's fine. It's the lamest right. Netflix anyway. and chill I've ever seen. Or it was the best because they actually just got to hang out it's and true. watch Netflix. True. No pressure. Anyway, Storytime Village. I have two themes that I would like to bat around with in your brain. By today. all means, please bat them around. First, The first one is ideology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. single word usage but that's fine uh which is supergirl versus red daughter and then ben lockwood and and then uh the ties that bind Ooh, I like the ties that. that bond would be the other one and that, that's alex and Kara. it's lena and lillian it's brainy and dreamer it's and it's brainy and his family so there's a lot of that going on right solid right 
So let's talk about ideology first, because there's a lot of Supergirl, Red Daughter stuff in this whole episode. It's basically the Soviets versus the U.S. Like I, quote unquote, idealized or maybe mythical versions of yeah. slogan versions of of the Soviet Union of socialism versus capitalism or whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that conversation where you know when car is tied to the chair with the kryptonite and um you have red daughter talking about like calling Kara the enemy saying like what did they say to you how they sell you the snake oil you know look around you there's so much uh despair in america and we need to we need to do away with it you know that that whole everything she says to Kara is really what should be said to her right it's it's all like who, who tricked you into believing this and all that stuff. That's what Kara could and should, and 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 probably in any other show would be saying to to the Red Daughter. That's right. It's actually so. It's very. It's even set up very much in a way of like a Cold War spy thriller. Totally. You know, you have this doppelganger sitting on a bed wearing a brown wig, putting a silencer on a gun while the victim is tied up to a chair, being like, "You don't understand what the world is, and you know the American dream needs to die." And blah blah blah. It felt very very i don't know bond bond um um lacar um not dennis lacar john lacar uh i don't know red sparrow i don't know mm. It, mm. it felt kind of like all the kind of felt like all those things uh and i i enjoyed that very tinker taylor soldier spy of them so and i also really liked red daughter's line where your life could mean so much but you fly around in a cheerleader skirt yeah yeah, you know, those cheerleader, the symbol of like fifties Americana sure, or something like sure, that. Yeah. You know, childhood, child, American childhood, and so and here she is, like do 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 do. I'm an American, except that you know she isn't, she isn't, but she is. I enjoyed all of that. Even she's saying like Lex did all of those things in service to the country. You know, like you know, you do terrible things in service to the country. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And, and, I want to give props to Melissa for for acting here. Um, say what you will about about the accent, but the actual acting and the emotion that she portrays and the uh, she really sells the uh, like true believer uh, thing, right? Where she really like truly believes what she's saying and and really is fighting for what she thinks is right, what she's been sort of brainwashed into thinking is right, and it, it's kind of a chilling performance. I I contrast it with. Back in season one, where where Kara got turned evil for when when the Kryptonians invaded, um, there's the one episode where she turns evil and she's like saying what she really thinks and you know all these like nasty things to Alex and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I think this is a much like more convincing performance. Um, by comparison, I I really like this. I really dug this. Well, she spent a few more years with the character to understand, you know where even a doppelganger version of herself would be coming from. But I even contrast it to her small but pivotal role in the film Patriot Game. Uh, Patriot Day? Not Patriot Games. Different movie. Good movie. Different movie. Patriot Day. She is the girlfriend, wife, mm -hmm. of somebody of the Boston Bar. Mm -hmm. So um, that, you know, it's that same kind of like, oh, no, this is what I believe. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, you suck. You know, so it, it was, she, doesn't, she did a really nice job. I agree. But to continue on that, to continue on that thread, um, the Red Daughter. Oh, so super creepy. The Red Daughter's apartment looks like a Soviet version of Kara's apartment. Right. It's like it's a not even. It's like a stripped yeah, down not, version. 
it's not even just Carr's apartment. It feels like I'm in like 60s, like almost like safe house. Yeah. Almost like that's kind of the, it was like grimy, not creepy at all. You know, it's all good. I enjoyed that very much. Um, and so because she's at Kara, um, when they confront each other again, Red Daughter says, you have all these things. Like I've spent hours in your home. You know, you have all these things. Uh, you think they will make you whole. And so for then, but we see her apartment to which she does not have things and possessions or anything like that. She just has the essentials and she has purpose in life in a way that maybe Kara, you know, meanders around sometimes, you know, so that, that was good. I, I enjoyed that. And then the, on top of that, you know, you protect individuals. That is weakness. I serve the collective. Very, very socialist of her. Extremely. Extremely socialist, but except that she protects Mikhail, right? And so, you know, so there, so there you have it. She's, you know, it's almost like, almost like American propaganda where you're like, aha, see, it doesn't work because she did protect the one capitalism, right? High five. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You say things now. (laughs) Say words, please. Uh, Yeah, no, that's true. The Mikhail stuff, uh, the way they brought that back was actually really nice. Because it does show um, sort of some humanity uh, there, right? That that would be otherwise easy to sort of write off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I do like that. I I'm gonna save my other thoughts for later. Okay. Um, one last thing on the ideology is okay. the Kara gets her hope, help, and compassion for all yeah. that I stand for. You know, which is funny because. Hope, helping, compassion for all, regardless of class or race or gender or human versus alien, it doesn't matter, whatever, in its own way is a little socialist, right? I'm going to help everybody no matter what without any economic barriers or anything like that. And so Red Daughter has a fundamental, well, she's been fed lies, but she has a fundamental misunderstanding about who Supergirl is and what she stands for. You know, she... You know, she doesn't just protect the 1%. She protects everybody. Mm -hmm. She cares for everybody as if they were all equal, in which she is told that that's not, Red Daughter's told that's not what Supergirl is doing. So it's good that Carr is able to kind of stand up for herself right before she almost dies. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, you say that it's sort of a socialist idea. I'm like, that's, I guess you could see it that way. Yeah, I I wouldn't have thought of it that way. But I I do see what, I do pick up on, on what you mean. And that's an interesting point of view. This is why I love these conversations, you know? It's so they're so fulfilling. They are. Frank. They really are. Mm-hmm. They really are. Let's talk let's talk about Ben Lockwood. Let's do it. And how he literally has no idea what's going on. He's which is so wrapped hilarious. up. He's so wrapped up in his own stuff that he doesn't see what's right in front of him that he is a pawn. Mm-hmm. That's like Lena's conversation with him was one of my favorite scenes in the episode because she's like, You really had no idea like that any of this was happening like you didn't think it was easy and from his perspective it was like easy like my my dad died my wife died you know like those are not easy things my son turned his back on me like i've lost everything right but he's only done that that's only happened since you know since the rise to power and yeah right yeah exactly so uh 
I, he Ben Lockwood thought he was kind of living for a truth, for an ideology, but but it turns out that he is just a pawn to make money, world domination. I really like that line. He's like, right, supervillain. I get it. You know? <laughs> right. You know, the name is Liberty. Yeah. You know, yeah. so for for Ben, for him not to get it to be he thinks he's spouting the truth, but it's all a, a bunch of lies. In its own way, it parallels Red Daughter in a very strong way or or communism or something like this you know this idea of everyone's this idea of everyone's equal no matter what oh just but also we're not yeah just fyi yeah you know you know that it's um it's a false truth it's a false ideology and so for him to kind of pour everything into this only to lose everything but to it's it made him of the this episode made him a little bit he made him stupid but certainly but it also made him a very layered individual and that we kind of knew that he was being manipulated the whole time but for him to for him to realize how deep down he went into the rabbit hole without even checking back to see if he could get out again i i liked i liked where they took his character in this episode yeah i you said you know it's it's it reveals his his um ego and his hubris right like the fact that he thought that he really had earned all of this the the fact that he didn't blink at the notion that somebody who was an ex-con was going to be immediately put in the cabinet like that that didn't phase him at all and think like oh wow that's that's weird that i'm that i'm going like basically straight from prison to the oval office like huh cool i'm just that special like <laughs> i'm just that special that's that's what he thought so he he was so blinded by his own vaulting ambition uh that he uh he, there's a shakespeare quote for you that he didn't oh, um say vaulting ambition that's great yeah Frank. thanks uh yeah not mine not my own yeah that's the uh that's the deal there that's the deal it's it's looking like it's looking like his ego was so big that he just thought like oh yeah i earned this this is my success good job me no it's like pats on pats on the back for everyone Mm -hmm. no 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 frank do you know where vaulting ambition comes from yes show uh i believe vaulting ambition comes from macbeth good job frank good job ring that bell good for you yay me it was also a star trek thing apparently oh cool just because when I was Googling it, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Macbeth. Just got to double check. Oh, sorry. So sorry. Like sorry. Idiot. The Scottish play. Sorry. Sorry for anyone who may have offended. It's okay. Sorry. If anybody's on a stage right now, yeah, where my bad. we apologize. I, I mean, Frank, all the Frank. world's a stage. That's the problem. So. Uh, oh, no. What have we done? And all the people, merely podcasters. Anyway. I, um, <laughs> ties that bond, Frank. Ties that bond. Let's talk about Alex. 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 Her name, her name is Alex. <laughs> Alex and Kara. That's that's because it's different A's. So Alex has no memory of her and Kara as kids because Jean has removed it. But it's starting to flood back because the script says so that it's got to wrap up by the end of the season. <laughs> Basically, yeah. No, I, no hints of this, right? I did like the way they did it, though. Me too. Don't get me wrong. I loved the way they did it, but it came out of left field. It it, it did. It did. I mean, uh, they they def a, a few things felt a little quick this episode. I must say, and I feel like it is because they kind of found themselves 
with only two episodes left and they had a lot of loose ends to tie up. Um, I, I, but yes, that was one of them, right? Where it did feel like, all right, well, we got to get her. We, we, we decided that she was going to get her memories back before the end of the season. It's basically the end of the season. Let's do this. Let's, let's do it now so that next week can be the Lex show. Um, and so I think that's that's sort of what what happened there. And uh, but I, I I liked it. And and like Marissa was watching it with me, and she hasn't been watching uh, a ton this season. And so I she was like, wait, does she not know she's Supergirl anymore? Like and I, I just explained, like yeah, she they had to wipe her mind, whatever. And she was like, oh my god, that's so sad. What a great like idea. What a great plot device. Like to like like that's a really moving idea. And then and watching old memories come back, she was like, she had only jo- i just filled her in and she was like oh yay she got them back like she was feeling the feelings um with only having just found out what was going on there so i think they that's, did a good job that's awesome i felt the feelings mm-hmm. i was actually like i don't get emotional watching supergirl at only not in the way that like i i would in some other ways but by like when when she said i missed you and i really missed you too i was like oh my god i missed them so much. i know I me too even, i didn't even realize how much i missed it because it's been like uh, a one-way relationship you know for the last several months that that alex mm-hmm. has had her mind wiped so it's now fully a two-way street again it's a shame they don't like each other in real life no <laughs> <laughs> I, made <that> up. <laughs> I made that up <laughs> like, check their instagrams cite your sources i made that up anyway so i loved these scenes that alex is these flashes that alex had this midvale stuff you talked about some some of that being a good bit but i think like what the kids who played them were outstanding so good especially the kid who played kara had kara down she looks like her she has the mannerisms down like such an amazing amazing job Little amazing performance. Liked mm. that very much. If Kara tells Alex the truth, she was going to go possibly, potentially that she was going to go insane, right? Because her brain already healed. Yes. Right. That was that was it. So it was good that unbeknownst to Kara that Alex was kind of having these floods of memories for no particular reason. But you know what? It's all good. Some things happen in this episode for no particular reason that I it ended up working out, so I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, they can... You know, the thing that I question there is just the the fact that it was it deteriorated on its own. So, like, how effective is Jean's mind wiping stuff if like enough triggers will will undo it? Especially if he says he put up those neural pathways to block it. Good question. I think the point is that their bond is so strong that there is no mental block that can actually keep them apart. Okay. Okay. I I'll I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Alex is, you know, she has this little cry fest because she she can't always protect Kara. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like things are bad, bad things happen. I can't always protect her. And it's funny because she protects you. She's, yeah, exactly. You know, and then and then for and then for for Kara to almost die at the end of the episode, you know, and you're like, you don't give up. You know, that's who you are. Like Kara might have died if Alex's memories don't flood back. I think that's the thing to kind of take away from that situation is that it's Alex that pulls her out of that. Um, Alex that pulls her out of that um, mess right there. Yep. Also, I might forget to mention that was a good bit. We see Eliza on Mother's Day. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The episode aired on Mother's Day and we saw Eliza. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good one. A, a meta good bit. A meta good bit. No. Ugh, can't add, can't add extra. Can't add extra categories. So, uh, and that's that. I want to talk about the Kara pulling the sunlight thing, but I want to talk about it later. Okay. 
in Professor Comics Corner. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Okay. Let's move on. Unless you have anything to add about Alex and Kara. Um, nope. I don't believe I do. Let's move on. Good stuff. Lena and Lillian. Yes. That Truth Seeker was gross and awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I loved it. I loved the slither. It looked really good. It did look and really then, good, yeah. Yeah. And then it was um, practical after that. That's what I thought. It yeah. Great. It looked mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, it did look great. It, looked, it was like a really smooth transition from digital to practical and then solid. Yep. Solid. solid. Literally solid. Literally. Literally, yes. Material. And I... I enjoyed I enjoyed Lillian and Lena's kind of back and forth in here in that, you know, Lillian is kind of forced to tell the truth. Can you you know, she's a little bit of a plot device in some ways. Yeah, it's like that's true. You know, like I need you to do this thing, help out because I'm busy, I can't do all things at once, so here we go. I bought the but, prison so you could have a weekend out. Right. So good. Ah, for profit prisons. Yeah. I bought it. Like, okay, Lena. <laughs> Flexing that muscle. Good for you. Good for you. But Lillian, with the truth seeker, admits that she actually does love Lena, which is a huge moment on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. Which is really, on Mother's Day, which is really, that was really sweet. Because Lena was like, I know your answer. You don't have to say it. And then she says it later. Like, that is is not the answer Lena was expecting. No, and and Lillian looks really upset with herself that she revealed Mm -hmm. that. Because in some ways, she's holding that over Lena's head, you know, for, for all these years. Um, right. and so to, to reveal that, to reveal that also in light of, you know, knowing that she, she knows that Lex tried to kill her. So like she basically just told Lena that she was her favorite, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, or well, she, or she's at least the new favorite. Uh, yeah, exactly. The new favorite. Right. Because yeah. she, she said like, yeah, knowing that he, your son tried to kill you kind of changes things. Also, I love you. Damn it. Yeah, which is, which is funny because did Lena really poison Lillian? Like you know, because technically that would also be trying to kill Lily. That would, that would. But I feel like Lillian respects that. Like she, game recognized game, right? Like all right, yes, I, that's true. I respect I told you what up you front did. that I did this to you. Yeah, just not like I'm going to come and smother you with a pillow in the middle of the night. Yes, yes, Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to steal forty cakes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's as many as four tens, and that's uh, terrible. That's terrible. Brainy and Brainy and Dreamer, you know, Brainy's having this little existential crisis or this little uh, heartthrob crisis, I guess, where he is like, I've got to I've got to solve the problems, but I also have to tell Dreamer that I love her, you know, and I really enjoy his line where he said, I have to get this out of my system before all the punching and explosions start. Yeah. Like I have it has I have to clear my head, which is terrible because his head does get cleared later. That's right. Yeah. You know, I had. Which is truly kind of sad. It is sad. He, but he, but he, you know, he knew himself, right? He knew that that this needed to, he needed to resolve this before he could move on, and uh, he wasn't able to resolve it, and then he wasn't able to move on. No, so sad. I liked when I liked when she when Nia showed up, and she was like, "How does what work?" And he's like, "Uh, tacos." <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> tacos. Tacos. That's like, great. Think fast. <laughs> What what do humans do? Uh, eat tacos. Eat tacos. Do you think that Brainy? Do you think that Brainy really does love her, or be, and that's why he's so flummoxed? Yeah, I I think so. I think so. You know, when he first said, "I'm going to tell her that I'm in love with her," I I was a little 
like I kind of cocked my head at that like wait what did that have to do with what you were just talking about but but um I, yeah i think he does i think he does and that everything he said was sincere that he sincerely does and that he needed to get that off his chest before he could sort of focus on uh, the matter at hand mm. so i i, I think I, it's real yeah do you not I, no i think it's very real you know he says timeline be damned or whatever right it's right like, yeah. i have to i have to tell her how i feel so it's it's brainy's heart overriding his brain yeah. his logic yeah you know, but then he gets smacked in the head. So this is the last ties that bind, right? It's Brainy and Dreamer in their love, but it's then Brainy and his family, his ancestry, and their logic, right? right. So this is the he's being torn between being the Tin Man and being the Scarecrow. Mm, I was right. gonna say, I was gonna say, like shades of uh, Spock. Shades of Spock, yes, indeed, Spock. So the so Brainy gets hit in the head. And that's what causes him to reboot, right? Like you smack a TV, right? Yeah, just like that. Just like smacking the TV. Yep. Yep. I The, the blinking headlights was cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird that it was flashing 12, 12, 12, like a TV. But you know what? 12th level intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's great. Great. Uh, yes. So anyway, so he says that my species has ancestral memories and they were bad people, collectors, conquerors. And so by getting rebooted when he's kind of under torture and he all like it starts with all he wants to do is get out to make sure that Dreamer is safe, that Nia is safe. And then it lands on him just like thinking clearly, yeah. I guess. Yep, that's right. You know, so he kind of did, he has become what he wanted to do at the beginning of the episode, this idea of like, you know, like everything before the punching and explosion start, the ones that he causes, uh, you know, it will be better because I will get this off my chest and it will be out in the open. But what he does is just kind of forget it instead. Yeah. And so, and he is able to think clearly, evilly, but clearly. Yeah. Right. You know, it's interesting because we, you know, we know what the original Brainiac was like, right? And we saw Indigo. Um, That's right, season one. Season one. So we we have a feeling of what his ancestors uh, must have been like, and and he's got all those memories and all that um, knowledge passed on down through the generations. That's right. That's right. And uh, quite honestly, you know, Brainiac the Brainiac family, a Brainiac one, you know, the Superman villain is incredibly dangerous mm -hmm. and scary. And so for Brainy to be thinking that way, do you think this is something that's going to get solved next episode or is Brainiac five, the new villain? Uh, is Brainiac five, the new villain? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think he's the full on villain. I could see a, because he was still he was still helping Jean he was still helping Jean he was still trying to solve the problem he just was being cold about it right like yeah we can let Dreamer yeah. get you know Astral project her way out like that that was a cold solution to the but he was still trying to solve the problem he was just not lacking compassion right that's right so I don't think yeah. he's gonna be the villain necessarily but I also don't think it gets resolved next week I think this this is gonna carry into next season and might be this might be one of the this might be one of the sort of uh like b plots yeah um yes i do think so but i was going to say it might be one of the things that sort of like instigates 
some series of actions in the finale that, that leads to like whatever our cliffhanger is or something like that. Mm, you know, yeah, you got Lex Luthor and then a Brainiac, a Brainiac with all the memories of, of Brainiac. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of stuff you could do with that. Mm-hmm. Brainiac, Brainiac, Brainiac. Yeah. I'm excited. That fight scene was great. I mm, really mm. enjoyed that. Yeah. That was awesome. I really enjoy Brainy's. I really enjoy Brainy's like logic fighting, you know, like mathematical fighting. It's very cool. Speaking of fighting, what did you think of the fight between Red Daughter and Supergirl? Love, worth the twenty worth the twenty one episode wait. That was yes, it was worth every, every all twenty hours they made me wait to get there. It was mm-hmm. so fantastic and so exciting. Like like as high adventure as it gets. Right, like you know, truly, yes, I'd agree with that. Very it, high adventure, it's especially, especially since we didn't see a whole lot of, uh, of Red Daughter, you know, throughout the season. We got the little, little, little tastes of her. So they're, they're in some ways the anticipation wasn't necessarily being actively built all season. Right, we were focused much more on Agent Liberty in the beginning, and it seemed like he was going to be the be all end all villain for the season. And, and clearly, there's a little bit of. You know, the, the, he was the he was the first half villain, and now she's more the second half villain with Lex mixed in there. But uh, it was it was so worth the wait, and such an exciting watch. It was just fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I didn't think that the helmet was going to work for me mm. in the excitement factor. You know, see, you know, like Red Daughter versus Supergirl, but I I honestly forgot about it pretty quickly. Yeah, it it didn't bother me too much. I I would have preferred no helmet but it was that's it was fine it was fine um it didn't it didn't detract yes indeed indeed it did not distract well frank do you have anything you'd like to add for storytime village so do you want to talk about the fight and do you want to talk about the uh the sunlight stuff yet or are you saving that for a uh, uh, oh you said you said comic book, book. Oh, i'm sorry press comics, comics corner. corner so yeah I, I will save that i did and we got this email from daniel too or mentioned it but like she did she literally punched her into nighttime i i'm i'm confused at what happened there is it supposed to be that she she uh blocked the sun so that she to, to power her or something i i'm just not understanding how she punched her into the sky and then it suddenly went from day to night maybe they were supposed to be fighting for a longer period of time and so we don't see the passage of time no i don't, I don't that's not that's not how it reads though i mean it, you literally see her like punch her into the sky and then she lands and it's suddenly dark like it's literally daytime and then it's nighttime in the span of a couple seconds and it's it, it doesn't it doesn't like seem to be denoting the passage of time it really seems like she goes up and then she comes right back down and suddenly it's night. So I, I'm confused with what happened there. She uses electricity when she does it. So I feel like I'm I'm missing what like she punches her with like purple lightning and she goes up. I'm literally watching it right now. And, and then she strikes her with lightning and there's a big explosion and then she lands and it's dark. So I, I, I did she punch her like into a different time zone, like 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 across the country or something? I, I just don't understand. Uh, I guess no, she couldn't have because Alex is there. So I, I just don't, I just don't know. I would love, I would sincerely love someone to explain. Uh, if, if you're listening and you think you you understand what's going on there, shoot us a note because I really, I really want to try and understand what's happening there. But that that did throw me off a bit. It seemed like uh, I'm I'm missing the explanation. There must be an explanation for it. They wouldn't just do that. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I mean, some stuff is left on the cutting room floor. Like, you just don't have time for things. So, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I also think they, they have to, there's such a big turnaround on episodes like this that I, I tend to almost, um, I tend to almost like allow inconsistencies sometimes. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, but it's also, not like, it's not like a coffee cup was left in there or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't even watch. Shut up. Don't need to. <laughs> uh, disagree. <laughs> Great writing. So anyway, Frank Professor Comics Corner. Yes. Great, great, great Professor Comics Corner. All right, so here we go, Professor Comics Corner. One, Brainiac was a super intelligent being obsessed with collecting information then destroying the worlds in which he collects, longstanding supervillain. That's right. I've talked about Brainiac a lot, so I don't feel like I want to... I don't want to get into tons of Brainiac, if that makes sense right now, because sure. we've talked about it so much. Sure. Um. However, I can tell you that Brainiac's little, you know, like meltdown something. Eric Carrasco tweeted that it's actually been in the works since episode four of this season. Wow! In which they talk, would they talk about Brainiac rebooting that far back? So almost twenty episodes ago. I did not remember that, and that is awesome. Yeah. So and there was also an episode that Jesse wrath the the guy who plays brainiac mm -hmm. five um points towards legion of superheroes episode brain drain there was a little remember the cartoon legion of superheroes way back in the day yeah after our time watching cartoons but before the onset of like the new wave if that makes sense sure it's kind of right it was like the tail end of us but anyway uh there is a there is an episode about him like going through a like a quote-unquote alignment which mm. is pretty cool mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so when they were talking about doing, um, when they were talking about going through and making Brainiac 5 kind of reboot and realign, they said they added in uh, a bit of Keanu Reeves, Corey Burton, and some actual Laura Vandervoort style indigo intonation. Mm. So be, the way that she delivered some of her lines yep. matched Interesting. the way he, because they are family. They are. That's cool. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That's a lot of that's a lot of that shows how much thought and effort goes into things like that. I agree. I agree. Uh, you also mentioned. I should have said this earlier. You mentioned Macbeth earlier. I did. I did. Um, but there was an actual Shakespeare quote in this show. Do you know what? It, did you Did you know what it was? I don't remember right now. The devil can cite scripture for his purpose. Oh yes, it's okay. From the merchant is from the Merchant of Venice. Oh, there you go. So one tool, there you go. Um, I thought at the very end, Lex holding the dead red daughter, a homage to Crisis on Infinite Earths, maybe. Yeah, I do think so. It seems like yeah. a like sort of a you know an inversion of that. Um, and I have I have questions about that that I will I will save for for maybe for trailer TV talk. But sure. um, but yeah, I I definitely think that was a sort of a, a, a tip of the hat to the Crisis on Infinite Earths image. Yes, I agree. Is did the Lexo suit look different to you? It did. It did. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think they made okay. some changes even since the last time we saw him a few weeks ago in it. Okay, I have theories, but I guess I'll save it for trailer TV talk. But okay. I just wanted to I wanted to clarify see that maybe lure people towards trailer TV talk if you don't watch it. There you go. So. So anyway, trailer doesn't really tell you anything. So um, no, no. So anyway, 
Last one. So Kara pulling the sunlight from the plants. Yes. Um, how did Twitter react to this? I wasn't I wasn't watching. Um, it's it's mixed reactions. You know, you've got folks who are all about it, people who didn't really think much of it, and then you've got people who are very, very against it. Uh, right. I fall somewhere. So I'm I'm kind of against it. I'll let it go, right? Like I'm not gonna say like I'm never watching this again or anything like that. Like I'm nowhere there are people who are like that upset about it or like, oh typical supergirl. But um to me it was just sort of like, well, then why couldn't she just do that anytime? Why why like again, it feels super convenient. Um Well, maybe that she didn't know she could do it. Sure. You know, they was like, why did you fly the first time? Could why couldn't you do it before? Sure. You but know, okay, so, so there is that's like a new superpower though. Like that's not a you know, like that's Sure. Comic precedent though, which is why I wanted to say it for comic okay, so, corner. Yeah. So, so in The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, in issue number four, Superman gets hit by a nuclear bomb yeah. and lands in a field and literally sucks the sunlight out of a bunch of sunflowers and heals himself. Yeah. It is it's the same thing. It's, it is. It is it, it is. is a direct home. Now, for my money, that's dumb. Like okay, I didn't yeah. like it in the Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> I didn't I think it looked cool on screen totally. here. Definitely. I think Definitely. It, like it looks really cool. But I think if if they can just if the super family can just heal themselves like that, like no, it really takes away any type of tension that you might feel when they're injured unless they're fighting in like a concrete slab because like oh just go touch a tree you'll be all right yep agreed uh i that's that's my issue with it is that it's just it's it, it is kind it's kind of lame i mean i hate to say it but it feels a little a little bit of a cop out um it isn't it's like i I'll I give it to them because there's precedent in a very famous comic. Uh, but I'm saying even in Dark Knight Returns, I think it's kind of lame. I, th- I just think that the idea is yeah, yeah. I I, I yeah. just I'm not a hundred percent behind the idea in That's the first it. place. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not criticizing the show for it. I'm criticizing the idea. You're criticizing Frank Miller is what you're doing. I am. I don't have a problem yeah. doing that. Yeah, but I mean, it's. I mean, we believe that she can. We believe that she can fly. She can do all these things. So why can't she also have photosynthesis? I, uh, yeah, because because in mean, some ways, as she does pull energy from the sun. Like, she is like in, in all essence photosynthesizing. That's, yeah, that's how they get their powers. So that's right. It, it in but, some ways makes sense that they can do that. Yeah, from but it's science. real fuzzy. Like it's real fuzzy pseudoscience. Like right. Like yeah, you almost said fuzzy science. Like without yeah, the pseudo. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, like well, right. it's not science, Frank. Um, yeah. but like the, the whole thing, the thing is that they're absorbing it, right? Like, like they're absorbing sun, like because that's what their cells do. Their cells are mm-hmm. are designed to absorb sunlight, and it's different to like suck it out of a plant. It feels like an entirely different thing i don't know yeah no i i agree i i don't like i don't a, like it but it's fine like a a a solar panel right takes sunlight and turns it into electricity but if you hook it up to a plant to a flower you're not going to be able to make the solar panel take sunlight energy out of a flower because like oh well it's all sunlight like no that's not really how that works so um that's, that's my that's excellent my excellent 
comparison and you made me like it a little bit less now and I wasn't really for it before. But it looked really pretty. I mean it looked it really looked cool. Super pretty. It looks really it cool looked... and it was a very touching moment but like where Alex is is the one, you know, putting the grass in her hand and 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 making it making it happen. Like who thought of it and and made it happen. That's right. She won't quit her. So she won't quit. That's it. She won't give up on her sister. That's right. So, well, there you go. Well, there you go. So, Frank, why don't you take us out and we'll do trailer TV talk. Sounds good, my friend. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find the show at SupergirlTVTalk.com. You can find us uh, at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. That's also where you'll find a lot of other shows uh, like Metropolis Podcast, like Loud Women, like Hate Watch with us. Uh, like Academy Rewind and a bunch of other shows uh, all over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. That's our network. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio if you want to throw us a couple bucks. Uh, if you uh, want to leave us ratings and reviews, you can do that anywhere podcasts are found. You can do that on, on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can do it in Google Play. You can do it on Stitcher and Spotify and uh, everywhere, Overcast, everywhere you can find podcasts. You can you can find us. You can rate us and review us. Please do that. Uh, we we really, really love getting those ratings and, and reviews. You know, just tapping, tapping five stars, taking a second out of your day to tap the five-star button. It's really all it takes. And uh, if enough of you do it, it really helps and helps uh, the show get discovered and stay number one on iTunes. So, Please, please keep doing that. Yeah, man, I've already done it, so you know, I've already, I've already tapped. Cool, you know, you know, because I'm self-loathing that way. <laughs> Frank, actually, only five ratings away from two hundred. Uh, two hundred ratings. All right, that. bring maybe, us, bring Frank, us two hundred. We should maybe do some of a. Maybe we should do a giveaway in the season four finale if we get to a certain number frank we could talk about release next week i think that's a great idea because i got some i have some graphic novels that i would uh love to to give as part of this to give as part of a giveaway for some ratings let's definitely do that then Mm -hmm. let's let's chat you guys leave us ratings and reviews when we get to 200 we may be able to randomly select somebody to uh to get a uh some goodies some supergirl goodies so 200 frank let's 250 I mean, all right let's push reviews it away let's push it 250 frank. push it let's to 250 if you haven't already pull over now you know unless you're on a bridge it's unless unless you're on a bridge you know the rule yeah, you know the rules no pulling, no over, pulling over, on over on a bridge uh but uh recurring segment <laughs> bridge watch uh <laughs> please uh please leave us those ratings and reviews on itunes uh and we would uh love to to send a couple of lucky listeners some some goodies but uh we're here to talk about the trailer and to talk about what all is happening in the finale so let's do some trailer tv talk my friends all right well there's tons of images from previous episodes mixed in with some new things but they're really holding a lot back here yeah but it might hint at some things to come like for instance we see the the lexo suit flying um but it's a previous shot from a previous episode but does that mean that we're going to see lex luther in the lexo suit again battling supergirl or something else because she is um in the photos in the um, photos released for the, the promotional photos, she's in the um, armor that she has without the helmet. Oh yeah, okay. And so maybe you get armored super, like armored quote unquote armored Supergirl fighting armored Lex. That would be cool. Know? Which has made me think that the the suit kind of looked different. It had a gray under suit to it as opposed to the like I think it's usually black or mm-hmm. CG. Now, 
I'm sorry, Lexus suit or or cars? Yeah, Lexus, okay. Lexus suit. So I think that maybe you're gonna we're actually gonna see like him actually wearing a practical suit instead of CG for the fight. I bet you're right. I bet we will. Um, I, I yeah, I'm sure we will. Oh, you're sure? You? Well, I mean, we, you know, we always see uh, we always see David Harewood wearing at least part of a, a practical suit with some CG around it. So I bet it'll be something similar. Yeah, I'm on. I'm a hundred percent on board for that. Oh, make my dreams come true. Please. Mm-hmm. We should mention that the episode uh, is called "The Quest for Peace," which is a direct reference to Superman Four. Yeah, which co-starred John Cryer as Lenny Luther, mm-hmm. nephew of Lex Luther. That's right. What a time to be alive that was. Um, pretty much, it's just Lex admitting that he's strategically made every move possible to wipe out supergirl yeah that he's he's the mastermind behind all this yeah and you know the 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 season has had some criticism for like what felt like separate parts not like being cohesive and whole but to me this was the end game this is the long game that i kind of knew was coming and that that all the pieces really do fit into place and i am super jazzed for what is coming because i know nothing about the finale no spoilers no nothing Mm. Uh, I don't know much. I'm actually trying to go in as as sort of spoiler free as I can, but um, I am I am quite quite excited for this. Now the big question here is: Do and this is what I was making reference to earlier that I wanted to wait to talk about. Do we think that uh, Red Daughter is actually dead? No, no, I don't think so for a second. That felt like like oh, also she's dead. Yeah, it seemed too quick, right? Uh, they sort of glossed over it, and I just—not that I would put it past Lex to go to the trouble and effort of creating a Supergirl clone just to kill her uh, in front of everybody like that. That mm-hmm. I don't put it past him, but I also feel like he's gonna—he's not gonna just flippantly suddenly kill somebody uh, who could be useful to him. Like if, if she's still useful to him, I think he, she will stick around. And I can see many, you know, much like Doctor Strange uh, in the endgame, I can see many outcomes where she'd be useful to him. So I don't quite believe that she's dead yet. Yet. Yep. Yet. Yet. Maybe later. We have some cool promo shots, though, and I'll put links in the show notes. Um, some cool promo shots where, like, Lex is in the Oval Office and... um. It it looks it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Also, that's a Superman two reference. That's right. I would imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Australia. Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be good. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, any final thoughts or uh, things to you know theories, things heading into the finale you want to touch off on? Um, I don't really. I think Ben Lockwood's going to die. I think I still think Lex Luthor's going to die. You you think he's going to die? I don't think he's going to die. I think I think that he's going to. I think he's coming back for for the crisis. I mean, I guess it could be a different Earth, Lex from a different Earth, but I think he's coming back for crisis. So I, I'm I'm going to guess they at least leave it open. Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love it if he came back. I don't want him to die. I, I just, yeah, I really want him to come back. But if really? but if DC only if DC really only allowed him for three episodes is it three episodes plus Crisis or is it just three episodes? My guess is it was like three episodes for now. Like you get three episodes this season. Do, 
assume oh, you only I... have three episodes, you know, but but that doesn't mean that there's zero possibility of him ever coming back. Mm, that's possible. That would be my guess. Know. That was the, the terms of the deal. I don't know. We'll see. Pray we'll I don't see. alter it any further. Pray I don't alter it any further. That was the Star Wars movie that was on earlier. Wow. Oh, right on. It all, it all came full circle. Huh, anyway, Frank, this has been lovely. But I say until next time. Up, up, and away. <laughs>